dive straight in. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me, James. It is a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun getting to know you over the last couple of months this year, really. So uh, I want to start with basically a recap of 2023, soon as we're near the end of it, end of it. And it's really just, are you satisfied with what you've accomplished this year so far? I'd say so, definitely. Um, we've been doing a lot of touring. Um, we finally put out the album uh, and the reception that it's gotten so far. Uh, I mean, it's only been two weeks, but still, I mean, it's been really good. Um, it seems like a lot of people like it. Uh, people who have been following us for a while have had amazing things to say and about the progression of the project as a whole. Um, and also people who have never heard of Light Equation before have kind of, you know, Either like they they get it or they don't, but like you know the people who get it have been saying really nice things, and even the people who do who don't get it, like I feel like, I feel like maybe they just don't get it yet, or maybe it's just not for them. But that's like totally fine with me. Like I'm, per I can perfectly live well with that because I mean I know I know going into this product that it was going to be pretty polarizing, and um, yeah. It's good to hear you say that because, yeah, I, I don't notice uh, a lot of negativity, even from the, as you say, the folks that maybe don't understand it or it isn't resonating with them. Whereas, you know, online people shout and scream about everything. It tends to just to be, okay, isn't working for me kind of attitude. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we have gotten like, our music has like gotten to some, an audience that hates it, like extremely. Um when we dropped uh, the video for you betrayed the ones you loved uh i guess the instagram algorithm like uh somehow got the prosthetic records post to like a lot of the like really elitist like black metal people and like they just like had a field day with it but honestly it was like a lot of fun like just reading the ridiculous things they had to say because it was just like kind of funny and like also just kind of like helped engagement too and like helped it reach like people who actually liked it you know so um like even when there is like a huge, like really like strong negativity towards the project like I don't really take it that personally because like I kind of know what I'm doing and I know that like it's definitely not for them and like uh like usually what they say like is wrong <laughs> but yeah no I mean like yeah I mean I've gotten some negativity but it hasn't been like definitely the positivity has like overshadowed that so um by a tremendous amount so um yeah i almost regret missing that discourse then because that would have been quite fun as you say to read um and so on but yeah it's it's so funny because of course you're commenting and you're saying whatever you want to do but ultimately as far as social media algorithms go hey that just benefits the hell out of you so carry on oh absolutely like i mean like if you're not you know ruffling a couple feathers you know with your art you know like you know well, you're, you're um, really, yeah. Well, you're pretty uh, active on social media uh, overall. Um, is that an area? Because it is a, very difficult for many bands, artists, projects, and so on to kind of work within the limitations of so many different platforms with so many different algorithms. Is that an area you think you're strong at then? I have no idea. Um, I'd like to think that, I think like Twitter, I think I've gotten down pretty well. Mm. Um really just you just kind of have to just fire up the tweets that just come up in your brain uh it's a lot <laughs> sometimes but um you know i kind of just do what i can do and with instagram i just usually just posting in the morning 
helps the algorithm or something. Uh, I just try to make the post look good. I'm still working on like trying to like make that better, but um, you know, I mean, there's always like room for improvement. I'm always like, you know, trying new stuff out. Um, like I'm not like a expert on social media or anything. I feel like there's a lot of things that I could be doing better, but also like, I feel like what I'm doing, like fits the nature of the project and also just fits like my ethos as, you know, an artist and everything. And like, you know, I'm just kind of doing what feels genuine while also like trying to get the word out there. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, you're, we're all fighting a losing battle here because ultimately you can get the grips of it in six months time. It will switch. It will change. Something will adapt and it'll be starting again. Um, so, yeah, just yeah. If you're doing something right now, that's all that matters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why do you think? Can you put your finger on it right now? And as we say, we're only like two weeks from the release of uh, Death of Weights. Um, but can you put your finger on why the project, why Blood Equation is getting more attention of this album? Do you think it can be laid at the feet of Prostec Records, the label? I think that definitely has something to do with it. But also, I just feel like I've kind of expanded my sound even more while my last album... Uh, it was a very distinct like chiptune kind of instrumental palette um like it's just something like straight out of uh like game boy advance or like you mm. know super nintendo you know like like nothing else really and like i mean that was like kind of like the vision i had for that project you know and that's that mixed with like the overprocessed drums and like just distorted vocals like everything was like very like deliberate and intentional but also like i feel like that's easy to like it like you know like is it is something that either you're gonna love or you're gonna hate you know mm -hmm. um and i mean like i feel like same with this project but also like i feel like i've just expanded my sound palette even more and also just uh expanded the possibilities of what blind equation could be as well with adding like the pop influence and also um just adding like new sense even though it still sounds very video gamey but also it in a way it also doesn't in a way and like it's a very contrasting uh sound palette to where um like i feel like if you're even if you're not looking for like a uh, video gamey sounding like cyber grind band like i feel like you still might it still might appeal to you and mm -hmm. like um yeah and definitely like the more traditional sound structures song structures i feel like are just make it a little bit more accessible for people and um yeah, and also just the fact that, like, since from the time between uh, Life is Pain and this project, like, I've been constantly, like, touring with this project and, like, playing yeah. a lot of shows and um, been a lot more active to where even before, like, this first single dropped, like, I'd grown the following of the project, like, probably, like, five times from where it was, uh, when, when, like, right when Life is Pain dropped. And um, with all those new fans coming in, like, after Life is Pain has dropped, like kind of discovering us from playing shows or like me shit posting on Twitter or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, like them all kind of anticipating a new project uh, is kind of another reason why I feel like uh, more people have, uh, why this release has kind of done better than the last one. Um, even though the last one did like amazing. I mean, yeah. but it's just kind of like a progression, you know, kind of like you release an album, play some shows, get more of a following. Next album does a little bit better play some shows and just keep going uh, and just make the best music you can really.
it's a combination of things as you say you're growing as an artist um learning new things developing um your own you know a wider palette you play in these shows you get a label being a bit louder about you as well um everything combines to result in as say two weeks um you know better reflection will be six months down the line but if in two weeks we can say this about it it's not a bad bloody start oh absolutely i'm really happy with how everything's been panning out so far and uh I mean, I'm just, I just can't wait to see like what happens next after uh, like months and maybe even a year after this album dropped. Cause um, when Life of Spain dropped, like not everything happened just immediately, like two weeks after. Like, I mean, a lot of cool, cool stuff that we did was like a year after that album released or like a year and a half after that album released, you know? So, mm. um, yeah. Well, talking about that then, uh, referring to Life is Pain, how soon after the release of Life is Pain did you kind of start work on Death Awaits or at least start the process and thinking about following it up? So, yeah, um, so I started writing Life is Pain in March 2020 um, and I finished writing the instrumentals around May and around May um, I'd written and no, actually, sorry, I, I finished the instrumentals around April. So like it was I pretty much wrote the instrumentals like within a month span. Mm -hmm. um, and then before I wrote any lyrics to Life is Pain, uh, I wrote the single Imprisoned by You, which I released before Life is Pain dropped. Um, and then right after I um, released, I'd written Imprisoned by You, I actually started writing Suffering Silence off Death and Wait, Death Awaits. Uh, but I only finished like the first half and then just kind of let's let it be. And then um, beginning of 2021, I wrote the song Death Awaits and Speed Running Life instrumentally, then didn't really do anything after that. And then uh, January and February 2022, I started like really writing the instrumentals for Death Awaits. And um, that's how I wrote like the other like seven songs pretty much and finishing uh suffering in silence and also just expanding on uh death awaits and speed of running life because like when i first wrote the songs like i used completely different synths for those um death awaits had completely different lyrics too um mm -hmm. the speed running life didn't even have the disco part in the middle um and kind of just expanded those songs even more since i had like pretty much a year to kind of sit on, the, on those songs and think of what i want to do with those um and yeah, so basically I kind of wrote Death Awaits a couple months after uh, Life is Pain was out. But a few of the songs were written prior to Life is Pain being released because um, Life is Pain like took a while to be made. But yeah. Did you have a vision for what you wanted Death Awaits to be? Was it kind of a clear path you knew you were going down? Yeah, I'd say so. Um I definitely wanted this album to have just be a lot more of a dancey record. Uh, while Life is Pain was a very more chaotic, uh, you know, just ever like all over the place album. Mm. Uh, this one, I just wanted to be something that people could dance to, you know. Um, and uh, the whole time I had like kind of like the fucking like Eurobeat vision going on, like and like hyper pop and nightcore and stuff like, you know, like uh, like Aqua and like. Uh, alice dj and shit like that um mm. like kind of like that vibe going for it but also like still a blind equation album um and also like sort of like that gen z like hyper pop and digicore shit um and trying to mix all of those elements uh trying to make like a cyber album but like 
really heavy on those album those influences and like um and also just like a heavy black metal influence as well um and just like mixing all these like fucked up like genres that do not like mix well with each other and just mm-hmm. um just trying to make something that um is very specific to me um just like it, the album's like just very personal even like down yeah. to like the musical influences um and really it's just a reflection of what i was listening to at the time uh like that a lot of like atmospheric drum and bass like um i was listening to that first cradle of filth album a lot um out um and uh a lot of like soundcloud rap and um mm. like a lot of deaf heaven too um there's a lot of parts in the album where i was just like you know this is like a totally a deaf heaven part um and uh yeah um really but like kind of like narrowing down to like one vision i'd say just a very melancholic like i just wanted to be kind of like a sad dance rave but yeah. also like but also like kind of violent you know in a way um and yeah see you kind of have that vision you're progressing down this road with death awaits what are things and events that affected helped or hindered the shape the record would actually become um so january and february 2022 um Blind Equation and also like my other band Prevention were supposed to play like a bunch of shows um like Blind Equation was supposed to go on like our first weekend or like beginning of February uh and we were supposed to play like this uh like kind of like trap metal slash cyber grind like mixed show like in January and stuff like we had all these shows like lined up and then they mm. all got canceled because like COVID started to spike up again um so I was like stuck in my room a lot um and pretty much like had eight weekends like in a row where I just like did not leave my house pretty much um Mm. so I spent those weekends just writing the music for Death Awaits um like those other some songs I was talking about so um I feel like if that didn't happen I wouldn't have gotten that done so soon and maybe like and maybe uh the album would have been finished until like a much later date um because as I do like play a lot of shows and stuff it gets it gets harder to like sit down and write music um and I'm kind of running into that now because like we're playing a lot of shows to promote the new album. And also, um, this this year has been like a crazy year for shows for us as well. But um, it's as a trade off though, isn't it? You know, it is. Yeah. I mean, I love playing shows. That's what I love doing more than anything. But also like I love sitting down writing music and then playing shows to, uh, with the music that I wrote. But I have to sit down and write the music and not play <laughs> shows to do that. So it's very uh, it's very tricky. Uh, yeah, I, I I completely understand it. And I almost, you know, I'm sympathetic, but I'm also like, I'm glad to hear you are so busy with shows. And that is an aspect that is growing and growing and growing because it is still so important. Um, and clearly you're enjoying it as well. Talking about enjoying then, uh, working on the album overall from beginning to end, I'm talking about the entire process here. Was there, a, was there a specific thing or specific things that you either really found a lot of fun for yourself or quite satisfying to do. Um, there was a lot actually, um, because this album was sort of my first venture into real electronic music, and not just like cybergrind, like computer metal shit. Um, like really, like implementing like dance beats and like eight oh eights and like mm. auto tune vocals and stuff like that. Um, this album was 
kind of like my playground to try all those things out and um and just really like add them into mix and like kind of just like do whatever I wanted um because in a weird way uh so as I was writing this album like we were already like we already signed a deal with prosthetics so like um I also had kind of the vision in mind that like like this metal label is going to be putting out this album let's do it like I want to do everything that like a label like this would not put out you know um it was just like <laughs> kind of an insane thing to like think about and I feel like a lot of bands when they get signed to like a label they may they might look at other releases and be like yo we gotta like kind of fit in that mold or yeah like, we gotta like really show that you know we're the most metal I don't know like maybe not everyone like I'm but like I just want to do the opposite of that and just like really like just write some like insane shit that like some shit that like if you just look back on it historically, you would just kind of be like, how, how did this label put this out? You know? Um, and uh, I feel like that was also a huge motivation for me to really experiment and try things out of my comfort zone. And um, I just really did not want to write a uh, life is pain too, pretty much. Um, and I really wanted to write something that was, that kind of marked the new chapter of blind equation. Um, and kind of like a stepping stone to go off of uh, for future releases and um, just expand uh, the universe for the project. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And also just like being able to like kind of write these pop choruses and stuff was a blast, uh, even though it was mm. very difficult um, because um, both You Betrayed the Ones You Loved and also um, Never Getting Better, um, they both had a ton of drafts for like the choruses, like, um, I had one that I was sticking with for You Betrayed the Ones You Love for like months and months. Like I would sing in my head like over yeah. and over and I would keep on recording it. It just wouldn't sound right. And then like I just changed it completely and then it became the one it is today. Um, and I did that like, I want to say like a month before I like finished making the album. Um, well, I had the original chorus like drafted like several months prior to that. Um, so, um, and also just like playing around with a lot of the, uh, parts in the album where it feels like you're watching like a 240p youtube video or like a real-time player video um and it's like a kind of a dance rave stuff um playing around with that was a lot of fun and um yeah i know i enjoy a lot of fun um, yeah no it's been a lot of fun it's been but it has been a very challenging experience uh mixing and producing the album uh because uh in my like logic project like there's like at least like 120 different like tracks on the project and like i want to say like 50 of those are synths and like mm. not every song on the album has the same set of synths throughout um like i ch change them like throughout each one and like um mixing them all to make sure that like they all sound somewhat consistent while like still changing things up um was a challenge um but I think I did okay. Um, but it, that's also kind of been a pro a challenge throughout Blind Equation, but just this one just kind of multiplied in a sense. But the end result speaks for itself, as you know. Um, I have to ask, going back to what you said then regarding the label, have did you have any then concerns or worries when you're like, okay, I'm going to send this to them, I'm going to see what they think, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna hate it. Or they're gonna love it. Did that ever enter your mind? I mean, they they signed a band that wrote a song called John Cena Funny Meme So yeah. 
they they kind of knew what they were getting themselves into um but also like they're super like supportive and um they're super supportive label of just like signing bands that really want to push the boundaries of heavy like heavy metal music and like they do sign like all these kind of like oddball bands like for a reason and um they're very smart on doing that i mean like like us dot crime pupil slicer like neckbeard death camp god alone um there's like a lot of bands that are just like it's incredible weird but like in the best way um and like they just have a really good ear for that and um i think they definitely want bands to sort of break those boundaries and uh just write something refreshing because i feel like that's important and like not a lot of other labels are kind of signing those bands and um yeah yeah no, I'm glad you feel that way as well. A huge fan of them and what they do and uh, supporting bands like yourselves um, to yeah, just get to a wider audience, get across the shores to Europe and the UK and so on. It's so, so important um, for growth. So we've talked a fair bit about creative processes and I guess I want to ask, how do you draw a line under your creativity so you know you're working on death awaits you're trying out all these unique things there has to be a point where you say right enough How, what is that point do you know it i have no idea like i like <laughs> usually it's just when i get tired of working on a song uh because I'll just like keep on adding things to this mix, adding things and like adding synths, adding like different melodies. Like there's so many parts on the album where there's just like six different melodies playing all at the same time and kind of working with each other. Um, like there's a lot of layers going on. And um, and sometimes I feel like maybe I like am adding too much, but also like I feel like the dense layer of synths kind of like just make it something for our listeners to kind of go back to and maybe they will uh catch a synth that they didn't hear the first time or um yeah notice like melodies that may might have not been like the primary melody but mm. um like it's kind of in the background and like they listen to it like the tenth time and they're just like oh that shit's cool and yeah. um so I feel like um just my creative process is very maximalist with this project. And um, I guess it can be overwhelming at times, but I feel like it's worked out in its favor for this project. And uh, I feel like it fits. And also I just can't picture this project just having like two bare synths, drums and vocals and nothing else. Um, and yeah. You're going to keep, yeah, you're basically going to, um, do everything you can um, until you get to the point where you said where either you just need to walk away from it or you think, yeah, that is as good as it's ever going to get. And uh, the end result will speak for itself. Um, you must take some pleasure out of uh, surprising people who initially hear your music, may not immediately get it, but end up finding. And I'm not just talking, we're not talking about the sort of dancey fun aspects of that side of things, but the huge depth and expressive emotion that exists in the music. That I think is probably one of the things that really knocks people for six when they really get to know you is is that something you enjoy um yeah no i mean i really like when kind of like i take people by surprise with my art but also um it's really nice when people uh connect with the lyrics um and uh kind of know that like 
kind of understand the juxtaposition of like kind of like the bright melodies but also like the dark lyrics and everything um and i mean it's just been a really cool creative outlet um to be able to express those feelings and um kind of just dump extremely personal information that i just wouldn't like type on social media but i would put in a song you know um which is kind of crazy but um you find yeah. it easy to express yourself um like to open up in that way via the lyrical content yeah although i feel like it's not really like intentional it's just um i usually just kind of write what comes to mind or what feels right and like um most of the time uh i mean throughout all blank equations career i guess like it's just been like what felt right for that project and um I just can't picture myself really like writing about anything else. And uh, I guess it's kind of just out of necessity because the songs have to have lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of like puts me in that position, uh, whether it's like preferable or not. But um, I feel like it's worked out um, and it, it's, it's, it's been good. It's been good. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, it's been a like, very fulfilling way to like i don't know the project has always been like a very fulfilling uh way to s express myself and uh whether that's through lyrics or through music and um putting that out in the world like it's definitely very vulnerable but also um very satisfying uh especially with how it's been received and being able yeah. to perform the songs in front of people and like have people sing words back um and uh it's crazy i never thought like you know I'd be doing stuff like this. Um, yeah, and it's also very interesting because um, even though Blind Equation has been a project for like 11 years at this point, mm. um, I've been like kind of primarily as a guitarist like for the longest time. And um, lyrics was kind of like, vo being a vocalist was kind of in the like background for me. Like it's not something I really like fixated on, but um, especially like recent years, uh, it's kind of shifted a little bit and like, um, it's been very interesting um, kind of being in the vocalist world, um, which I never thought I'd kind of be in. And also, I really like your cat. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's been really uh, fulfilling and really neat. And um, every show that we play, I like, it's just like an insane cathartic experience that I can't describe in any other way. And um, yeah, that was awesome. I think, yeah, you you have described it wonderfully there. It's really great to hear you getting that from it. Um, with that in mind then, have you noticed that there's a track, a specific track from the album that might be resonating with people more than maybe you might have expected it to pre-release? Hmm. I think so far, um, Never Getting Better. Um, I feel like that song has connected with a lot of people. Um, definitely like beyond like just um the instrumentals but also like the lyrics and uh kind of the meaning behind it because um I've had a couple of people like message me being like hey like I've been kind of going through it and like hearing this song like has definitely like kind of made me feel not alone and stuff and uh it's not something I really expected and mm. um mostly just because I was too focused on like when I was releasing it kind of just focusing on wow, this is like cyber grind, black metal, and also like pop music. This is going to be crazy. But like, I always forget that like, oh, wow, I wrote very vulnerable, like an honest lyrics to this. And um, yeah, and like hearing that's been always like been really neat. And um, 
like because like i mean as like a music listener myself like i know a lot of bands that do that for me and like it's kind of like a weird full circle moment when like that's like my project and stuff and um yeah no it's, it's really cool um it's really neat it's really really wholesome yeah you can get you, you can get millions of dollars pounds um from this record but not and as great as that would be nothing will top that connection like that even if it's one person it's it's something it's immeasurable oh yeah absolutely um it's like insane and um it's really cool um i mean this when i go into like writing lyrics like i do want it even though it is like a self-expressive sort of diary of sorts but it's also like i do keep in mind the person listening to the album and like i hope that like usually in my head like i'm kind of hoping that like um other listeners can sort of relate or um kind of feel some sort of comfort in it and uh like i don't want to be too like oh i'm trying to send a message or whatever but like um but like um it's just you know like if people get it they get it and it's for them if not you know that's like totally fine like um like i am doing this like for myself but at the same time like um it's really neat to be able to do that um for others yeah Absolutely. So you mentioned obviously playing live and uh, I want to kind of get into a little bit of that. Uh, is the end of 2023 looking quite busy and is that rolling into 2024? Do you have plans in place, things you can talk about? Yeah, Um. so the end of this year is getting pretty busy. Uh, we had a little bit of a break um, between August and September. Um, we just played our first show back um, in like two months, like yesterday yeah. with Hanabi um from japan and that was like fucking crazy like um like around like 300 400 people there like uh insane crowd um and it's like huge response from like the bands we played with and also like the crowd um i don't know that was just like i didn't know what to expect from that show um because mm. it was their first time touring the u.s so like i didn't know how how they usually like pulled you know in the states because they've never toured in the states you know and um i was surreal experience um and that's they're a fucking amazing band too um but yeah anyways um we're playing a couple like one-off shows here and there uh we're playing out with city saturday playing milwaukee next week and then playing like uh springfield missouri with ms paints um and then that should be sick um and then november we're doing like a tour um around the midwest half of it is with closet witch um amazing grind band from iowa um, and then the other half is with uh, Dreamwell, who also recently um, signed up, signed a prosthetic and are releasing a new album pretty soon. Um, so it's really cool to kind of like tour with a band that's also on the same label as us. Mm. And um, and also just like an amazing fucking band, too, because like I've been a fan of them before they signed too. So um, uh, it's really cool. And then um, after that, I think the only thing we have planned is like the release show, which will be in a. Uh, December in Chicago it'll be our like kind of first Chicago show since like uh July so like that'll just be kind of like a special get together we're just gonna invite a bunch of bands that from all over that we're just a fan of and that are friends of ours and just kind of celebrate the release um and play the whole album in its full and um yeah and just you know kind of see the sort of fruits of our labor in our hometown you know um yeah have you, I mean, I don't want to sort of suggest run before you can walk kind of situation, but have you given it any thought 
to perhaps getting further afield in 2024 at any stage. Is that something that's um, a consideration for you or is it still a wait and see? Oh, a farther in. I'm so sorry. A further afield. So, you know, oh, across yeah. the share. Yeah, um, we've been like talking about doing some like international stuff for next year. Um, there's a couple people that want us want to bring us over to other countries. Um, I think one person is going to give us more details like the next couple of weeks. So we'll kind of see how that mm. goes and mm. kind of see if um, we can all afford it and stuff. Um, which is also, but also, um, it's been a while since we've sold like merch. Like, I mean, we have a shirt on like night shift right now but it's like been a while since we've done like a proper like merch drop too so like um we can definitely like if it was something where we were to like travel overseas like definitely like we could try to try to hustle hustle those yeah, bucks, yeah. you know to <laughs> kind of do that um because that's something that i absolutely want to do um as far as like touring more i would love to um we all do work like full-time jobs so it's like a little bit tough um so we just kind of do what we can with like PTO and stuff. Um, you know, just kind of yeah. doing what we got to do, you know, um, unfortunately. Uh, but, um, you know, just uh, yeah, if, if the right opportunity comes along, you know, like hopefully that will be cool. But um, kind of just have to wait, see how things go, really. Um, but also we don't want to like put ourselves into financial holes, to, you know, tour too much you know um yeah of course of course it always comes down to the dollar ultimately whether we like it or not i don't know i'm just gonna you know kind of desperate to see you guys perform live i want to see this record i want to hear this music played live um for my own personal thing but uh obviously i'm in the uk so I've, I've got to come to you you're gonna have to come to me oh yeah i mean like we'd love to play the uk uh i think someone even like dm'd us like saying if you we ever wanted to play there like to hit them up so uh like it's not totally out of the cards so i mean like uh but also might take a while but yeah we'll get there eventually and it would be really cool to see you at a show yeah hell yeah watch this space um but for the time being folks death awaits uh, it's been out since September 15th, so a couple of weeks old at the time of recording, and you must check this record out. It is the most unique thing you will hear this year. You'll either love it or you'll loathe it, but you will bloody remember it. And that is the most important thing. Um, it's no secret, obviously, I fell in love with it um, <laughs> on my journey with that, and it's been a blast. James, before no, we go, we have, no. we have another section. This is Ozzy Osbourne, and in his head, are randomized questions from everything and everything we could possibly think of. We're now going to pull out some, and if you don't mind, just answer the question. Yeah, totally. I got you. Cool, cool, cool. Right. All right. We start with number eight. Who would play you in a movie or TV show about your life? We can actually apply that to if you want. If you can't think of one as someone for your life, the life of the band. Oh my god. Um. Does it have to be an actor or? I think anything really. Hell, it's a randomized question. Anime character, video game, whatever. That's so tough. I'm so bad at this. Um, mm. hold on one second. Let me think. No, that's um, cool. Give us take some time to think. <sighs> Honestly, I could see like Michael Sarah playing me as. Uh, the dude from Blind Equation. That, that, I, I think I can see that. I, 
I, I don't know how, but I think that'd be pretty funny. That is, I can picture that already. I'm thinking Michael Serra arrested development error as well, right around there. Oh yeah, with him with just long hair. And... <laughs> okay, uh, what is the last thing you do before you go to sleep at night? Well, not even at night, before you go to sleep. Uh, scroll through Twitter. But, uh, <laughs> but usually I try to like play like a video game or something, you know, before I go to bed. Um, or um, or usually I'm like kind of working on design commissions before bed. Um, but uh, one of those three, or scroll Twitter, or pet my cat. You know, yeah. <laughs> okay, what is something that never fails to make you smile? Definitely. Uh, I mean, cool music that like cool new music like. When I discover like a band that like is like or an artist that like is like a style that like um that like I've been like craving but like never heard before or something like like those are there's those artists like uh Kumo ninety nine was one for me mm-hmm. um like uh who else like Strawberry Hospital was another um like Omerta was another um mm-hmm. like just like discovering like an artist you listen to the first time and you're just like this is it and then like you just wind it up like listen to like a hundred times after um uh i mean and that makes me smile um that you end up falling um, down a rabbit hole to a certain degree as well when you discover oh, yeah. the catalog and so on oh yeah no it's amazing um that or like literally like if i if we're on tour and we like stay at a place and i see a cat that will make me smile that guy all right all right all right okay next one uh all right this is one of the controversial ones was metallica right for going after napster so i've been like seeing a lot of debates about this um yes and no i feel like um i I might need to come back like once i form some better opinions about this but um i so i mean like i'm no uh I, I am definitely guilty to downloading music online. Who isn't? Uh, I, I have Soulseek. I, I, you know, d- but also I don't use streaming. Um, I am not on Spotify or like Apple Music or anything. But at the same time, I think he said something about like streaming becoming the new norm and that kind of like killing music in a way. And um, I feel like he's kind of right in some regard just because... Um, especially with the announcement now that like Bandcamp has been bought out by some random company. Um, Mm. I just feel like preserving music and art in general and like, um, like kind of preserving it and like keeping like owning, like owning music or like owning media, like is become less and less of a thing. And that's a little bit scary because like any of these like platforms like Spotify, Apple music and stuff like, can just like pull all the music that you love like out of your hands in like a blink of an eye and like if they did that like what do you have you know and like um that is unfortunately becoming like more and more of a thing and like all these like file sharing sites are like going down and like ways to like organically like own like music um is kind of not becoming a thing and like uh it's kind of scary because like some albums just might 
I think some of them are already like just like forgotten in time. Like there's like, yeah. you know, bands that will uh from like, you know, the early two 2010s that like put out a demo and like maybe a couple of people downloaded it on Mediafire or like bought a CD at a show and like they never put on streaming and like um because it's not a streaming, like no one's really like searching it out and like um like um just the fact like that more independent music like is might get like lost in time because of this like is a little concerning and very scary to me because like um there's so many like albums on my music library that um are not in streaming or like anywhere on the internet that like i own and like i love you know and like can't picture myself like not owning that and um mm. like I can't even imagine like what albums I'm missing out on. Cause I didn't like save those at the right time, you know, I didn't archive it myself. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, but basically what I'm getting is that I'm a huge advocate for uh, music archival and like preserving art and like making sure that it stays alive. And um, like, I just feel like streaming, like the, like the fact that like, you streaming like you just don't don't own the song and it can be like pulled away from you at any time and like maybe like the time before it gets pulled off is the last time you'll ever hear it again yeah. like that's kind of scary and like i do not like that so um well put well, well so like, explained uh so was large right kind of i guess uh <laughs> still fencing yeah. but yes <laughs> Um, for those that would have heard, here, I want to use a comparison because you, you went into such detail there. And I think, you know, a cynical person would be like, oh, you're over, you're over exaggerating. That would never happen. Uh, look at video games um, and digital video games that you cannot buy physically and then get delisted and removed. There are tons that you simply cannot get hold of now because they were digital owning. So it's not impossible. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, same goes with like, apps i mean we saw what happened with uh flappy bird you know like delete the app once you like get it you know once you delete the app off your phone you can't get it back you know even though it's a more silly like example of that but like i mean yeah definitely video games uh i mean i play a lot of like older video games probably just because like i like the modern like gaming thing is like kind of weird to me i don't fully understand it i'm really out of touch with that um but uh yeah. But, I mean, yeah, if you're talking old school, you look at something like Nintendo, um, you know, who obviously fight constantly about emulators and things like that, but then almost refuse to put their own content on their own systems, except for drip feeding here and there. It's infuriating. It, it is. Yeah, no, exactly. Because, like, the only games that, like, people are emulating are games that they do not sell at all anyways. And, like, they're, like, not really losing money. money. Yeah. yeah, but, but like, people can buy it from, like, a... Uh, use game store you know and like um like you know, nintendo is still not making money but like the game store is making money but like emulation like technically nobody makes money but like nintendo is still trying to like crack down on that it's like insane uh yeah yes okay it doesn't make uh, any we'll sense do... no it doesn't but we'll do one more and funny enough this focus in the video game area and it is this what is a video game that you can just lose hours to oh definitely kirby air ride like oh that wow so like that game like has just been a constant throughout my life like the city trial like mode on that like even though it's just like the same map every time like like i can like that's just like a comfort game like literally like 
I've been playing it since I was like eight or something. And like, uh, it like, it's just so comforting and so much fun, like just to like play. And like, I'll just go like, I can go like, you know, five, 10 rounds a day. And like, uh, like whenever, uh, I have like a handheld emulator and like, uh, whenever like I'm on tour and like, I'm not driving, like I'll just play that game, like throughout the whole drive. And, um, like sometimes at a time, like I'll, I might get like a little bit tired of it, but like, um, it like, it's a game that like I always like like if I turn on the emulator, that's the game I'm going to first, you know. So um yeah. It's your your comfort, you know. People got their own variations in that. Some people might like to have an, a a meal, other people might want to watch a movie they've seen a thousand times before. And uh Kirby, for you, there it is. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Anyone's ever brought, uh, no one's mentioned in all the time I've been doing we've been adding this section to it. That's the first time anyone's ever brought Kirby up in it. Um so well done you. Thank you. More people should. <laughs> Absolutely, but also more people should listen to Death Awaits. It's one of my people, it is out now, and it is an incredible experience. And I cannot wait to see what comes next and your future plans throughout 2024. James, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, it's been lovely. And um, yeah, I appreciate you uh, saying a lot of really kind things about the album and also just for like giving it a shot. And uh, yeah, no, it means a lot. And uh had a great time talking with you. And uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for watching. If you'd like to see more content like this, please consider hitting the subscribe button it is gratefully appreciated you can find us over at gbhbl.com our full website where reviews news and so much more goes up daily we're also on all social media platforms facebook instagram twitter threads at gbhbl just search for gbhbl and you will find us out there we also have merchandise on sale you can access the shop via the website